Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. Well, today, I'm so excited. I, I hope that I can uh, communicate the excitement. Uh, we're going to be talking um, mostly about the tribe of Benjamin today, and there's reasons why. Um, in the Hebrew months, as we talked about before, uh, Robin? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I just got really organized and got it up there already. Well, anyway, it's called um, the month of, the Hebrew month is called Kislev, and it goes from uh, November 14th to December 12th in our calendar years. And uh, I uh, got this picture mostly because I like the colors. Uh, I don't necessarily uh, agree with the rest of the scriptures. All these things don't line up to scripture, but most of them do. But anyway, it's kids left. And like I said, it's from <clears throat> November 14th to December 12th. And um, we can go to the next slide. And... Uh, this is a time, and based on some conversations I've had and some conversations I've had with the Lord and myself, um, this is a time, obviously, uh, next slide, please. Um, it's a time of winter, so what, what is one big thing about winter? Cold. Cold. The cold, and it's, and it's what? Dark. Dark, and it's very dark, right? So you have like a visual every single time. You either get up or you come home from work half the time, it's already dark. So you have a visual to be thinking about this. It's a time of, um, of the season where it's winter, there's darkness. And in this month, for the Jewish uh, people, God wanted to remind them that they have security, and they have trust, and they have rest in the Lord. And the rest includes to be able to sleep and to dream. And for them, for them, um, God moves more like in a cycle, like in a circle. For us, we have more of the Roman um, and or Greek mindset. So we tend to be more linear, you know, like straight line. But for them, it's a cycle. And it's not like a bad Sunday school lesson that you have to hear every year at the same time. You know, it's not, it's not dull and boring in that way, but it's more like a case of mastery. Have any of you ever had something where you've mastered something? Mm -hmm. Okay, I see several yeses. Yes, yes. And, um, and so it's not about being perfect, but it is about maintaining a heart posture that is, it, that is perfect or complete before the Lord in that. So when they're going into this season, they're th thinking about, again, the, the nights are darks, and sometimes even in people's hearts, some people get that disease. What's it called? Um, is it sundowners? Where yeah. The, you don't get enough sun or whatever, and it, it's it, it messes with you. Um, some people, you know, get that. But for for the for the Hebrew people, for them, it was more of a thing of mastery. So maybe last Christmas or. Uh, you know, I'm talking, you know, in, 
United States terms. Uh, maybe last Thanksgiving and Christmas, the holidays sucked. You know, maybe I couldn't, I, I'm just saying this as an example. Maybe I couldn't lean into the Lord, trust the Lord, because there's so many difficult things surrounding this kind of stuff. But maybe this year, my mastery of it will be kicked up a notch. Maybe I'll go to the next level uh, kind of thing. And that was the kind of attitude it was. It was a circular thing. It was to uh, give you the opportunity to not be so distracted because, trust you me, um, if you're looking into the darkness, you're not seeing much. Most of the time you're not, right? And um, then every month of, of the Hebrew calendar, a different tribe is represented. And this tribe for this season is ben the tribe of Benjamin. And Benjamin goes all the way from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We find in Revelation that one of the gates of heaven even has is Benjamin. Okay, so it's, it's like part of a history lesson for us, but it's also that we're a part of this. And the 12 tribes are represented, 12 totally different kinds of tribes. And people can be representative of us now in the body of Christ. And, and not to leave them out, but in, to include us, because we're grafted in as part of that. So part of Benjamin's blessing uh, was that he would be like a wolf. And so I thought this was interesting. I, I went to about five or six different sites, including a couple of Jewish sites and Jewish encyclopedia and, and Jewish rabbinical stuff. And I just thought it was so interesting on so many levels that I won't go into because you would be bored if you had to hear about me all the time. But um, Benjamin's blessing, like a wolf, it can represent craving and gulping instead of chewing slowly. Um, most people believe that's where wolfing it down, you know, that phrase came from, that it came from this. And that they had a craving for God and the ability to excite others to find God wherever he is found. And, and uh, wolf, wolves have the ability to endure extended times of hardship and darkness. So is there by any chance anyone in the room that has endured any hardness? <laughs> and by chance has anyone in the room experienced some darkness uh-huh okay so this can apply to us if we, if we let it be right I found this interesting on a site that you could you could go to and they have like 79 powerpoints so it'd be really interesting if you like wolves I have a friend that has a wolf but if you Repeat that, I'll deny it, of course, because they're not supposed to. They're just German Shepherd mix, you know. But anyway, why have all animals a wolf? And I like this one. It said, the wolf has developed the capacity to survive in the most inhospitable of climates. Isn't that a fancy word? The wolves in the high Arctic endure several winter months of perpetual darkness. Even in February, when sun returns to the north, temperatures at minus 40 degrees centigrade, and bitter winds are common. Other wolves are at home in the desert and the dampness of a human Gulf Coast swamp. Can you believe that? I didn't know that about wolves. No wonder they're so fierce. They've had too much darkness. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I thought that was one interesting little tidbit, and if that excites you at all to pursue studying it a little bit more, because it could be describing you. You could be of the tribe 
of a Benjamin, so to speak. Benjamin means son of my right hand, and Benjamin was conceived only after a long period of time with prayer and fasting, and also his father was had to be 100 years old before it happened, so, so sorry for dad. But anyway, he was the protected son. See, Teresa just talks about this, right? The protected son, the favored son. Yeah, yeah. Are you getting my drift here? Um, he, he was skilled in archery, in, that is in aiming, shooting, and hitting the target. And he and his tribe excelled as warriors. They trained themselves to be left-handed in battle to confuse the enemy. Now that's the only thing I didn't find out about. And so maybe some of you who know more about war, and maybe you've studied it in the Bible, I, am, I don't understand why somebody being left-handed would be such a shock and surprise to the enemy. Like, who would they care? They're not going to take, you know, we're taking a, a poll here. Are you left-handed or right-handed? But, but for them, it was, it was a way that they could overcome the enemy because they could fight in either way. Now, I can make a spiritual application because the Bible talks a lot about right hand and left hand and right hand being like, what does right hand represent to you? The right hand of God. Power, whatever, authority, this. But the left hand is always the weaker spots, the weaker places. And, and so I can make spiritual application, but I'm really curious. I hope someone will find out why would that make a difference? And why would it fool the enemy? It's because of the side if the shield was on. Yeah. Oh, so if you're fighting. The shield left-handed. Uh-huh. And with someone right-handed, the shield's blocking them. If they can switch hands, and by what it meant was they were ambidextrous, they could switch hands. Uh-huh. And when they start striking from their left, they're actually getting past the shield. Because the shield, awesome. the shield is held to block the right blows. Thank blows you, right Pastor hand. Steve. Woohoo! Yes, I, I couldn't understand it. I'm just like, so, so, you know. And then every every Hebrew month um, has one of the Hebrew letters that is uh, identified. And this is uh, Samach. And um, if you look at it, you can see that they even showed in this, in this uh, picture. It's kind of cute. It's cursive in the top right-hand corner. And, and so that was that was funny to me because it looks so different, just like our writing does. But this is Samach, uh, 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 I'm saying that. And in this season, we want to make the most of being able to rest and renew, to resolve any, any trust issues we have with God, and resist any temptation to war except from a place of rest. And um, I don't know about you, but this is something that God is nailing me on. He's, he's, he's really staying right here with me in this. And he's, he's helping me to resolve some issues. These are long-term issues. These are not just in the last three years issues. They're long-term issues. And he's helping me to, to trust him with areas that before I couldn't, I couldn't trust him. I just had to do it myself. Yeah. And he's helping me to do that. And in this time of darkness, in this time of, uh, even for them, I suppose, they probably would sleep more hours. Um, in the readings, each 
month has a certain kind of readings for each week. And in the readings for this particular month, um, there's nine dreams recorded. So it's even, it's even reminding them as they're reading the Word of God that this is a time that it's dark. This is a time we rest, we renew. It's also a time that we dream and that the Lord can give us dreams as well. And we're not, ex we're not exempt from that. We're, we're grafted in. So this is a part of who uh, we are as well, or can be. One does um, read 1 Corinthians 10, 6 through 12. <clears throat> and I'm reading out of the ASB, I think it was. I didn't put it down. Sorry about that. These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking, indulged in pagan revelry, and we must not engage in sexual immorality if some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and died from snake bites. Don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. That last verse was a memory, memory verse, but in King James. What I wanted to point out was that uh, verse 11 that says, these things happen to them as examples for us. This is another reason why we would take the time to look at, at, at the tribe of Benjamin, take a, a little time to look at this month of Kislev, is because it, it, it happened to them as examples for us, and that word examples is also like a pattern. So that I don't know if, if uh, you're like this or not, but my daughter and I are both like this. We'll notice patterns. When we observe things, we'll notice patterns. And it can help us in, in our spiritual lives as well as our natural lives, but it can help us in our spiritual lives if we can recognize certain patterns. And uh, everything from our day-to-day -day patterns to our weekly patterns or monthly patterns, um, but it's for our instruction, it's for our good, it's part of that mastery. It's that ability to be able to uh, master inside of the Lord, of course, to master these things. Amen? Amen. So um, I went on to the uh, Jewish Encyclopedia. Don't worry, I'm not going to read from the Encyclopedia. But there's some things that I, I mentioned and some things that uh, have not been mentioned yet, but... In the tribe of Benjamin, they also, the Jewish uh, encyclopedia, made a big fact that they were drilled as left-handed warriors to attack enemies unaware. They were known as brave and skilled archers, like I mentioned. But still, the tribe of Benjamin was destined to have a prominent place in the history of Israel. It gave the nation its first king, and that was Saul. And... Um, even though it had, like all of us, we have some moments we would prefer to forget and that were not easily forgotten by the, uh, the Jewish people, uh, especially if you look up Gibeah and look up what happened there. Um, 
but still, it has a it has a place in all the other tribes uh, united with it. And then, as far as the territory, the territory was situated really favorably. It was just this little thin thing. It kind of looked like a, a ornamental belt or something, but it was attached to two two things and went right through a water source. So it was considered to be um, something really special. It also housed Bethel and the northern hills of Jerusalem. Um, but when, when the cessation happened and the northern tribes like separated from the other ones, um, it, stayed, it stayed loyal to the house of David. And um, I think personally that's why it still survived and everything. Mordecai was a loyal Jew and he was also uh, of the tribe of Benjamin. And Paul, who was Saul in the New Testament, he says in Romans 11.1 1 and Philippians 3.5 that he was a Benjamite as well. So <clears throat> that's that. Um, then in rabbinical literature, I thought some of these things were really interesting because I didn't hear these things in Sunday school. So maybe I don't know how much uh, credits you want to put in it. That's why I'm identifying the source. But they said that uh, Benjamin... Uh, you know, literally means son of my right hand, but in the rabbinical literature, they said they called him the son of days or son of the south because son of days because it, because Jacob was so old when he had him, he was a hundred, or he was the son of the south because he was the only one born in Palestine. All the rest of them were born um, in Mesopotamia, which was north of Palestine. And uh, And then also in this literature they did repeat the idea of Jacob being 100 years old. So uh, I thought that was really interesting. Um, it's also said in this literature that, um, which I don't remember seeing this in Genesis, but it was also said in the literature that um, Joseph revealed himself to uh, Benjamin before he reconciled with his brothers, but one thing I thought was really, really interesting, because Benjamin was such a, a man of integrity, and even when he was being uh, talked to by Joseph at the time, and and he stayed, you know, as a man of integrity, this was so interesting that Benjamin's sons, Benjamin so loved Joseph, and was so brokenhearted that Joseph was not part of his family, that all of his ten sons were given names that reflected everything about Joseph. The first one was named um, in English Swallow because Jos Joseph disappeared or, or was swallowed, you know, figuratively. One was called Firstborn of his mom because he was. One was uh, called Capture because Joseph was a captive. Um, one was called Gera because he lived in a foreign land like Joseph did. Um, Naaman, on account of Joseph's graceful word. Ehi, my only full brother. Rosh, was called the older, because Joseph was. And then Muppam, that's kind of a funny name. I'm glad I don't have that name. Um, Joseph taught uh, Benjamin the things that, that he actually learned from his dad. So Joseph was like a, kind of like a father figure to Benjamin. So he, he so loved and adored his brother that he named all his sons after that. That just, I don't know, maybe it doesn't do anything for you, but 
it just really struck my heart about how how much he had that loss for his brother. <clears throat> um, also, uh, Benjamin, where Benjamin was located, they, they think that one interpretation of the blessing might have been because the fruit in this little belt, kind of like that middle belt of California that produces so much, you know, but there was in this little belt where Benjamin was, uh, the tribe was, there was early ripening of fruit and there was great fertility. And so they were thinking, well, maybe that, inter you know, that prophetic word is, that's one interpretation of it. But anyway, uh, I thought those were interesting things that you're not going to learn in Sunday school. So, <laughs> um, yes. There was one other thing that I saw. Uh, What was really interesting is that part of Benjamin's blessing, um, this was in, uh, I don't know where this was. I think it was the, the God questions and God answers. I don't know, biblical things. But um, I thought it was interesting that it said here, uh, Benjamin's blessing has three parts. Compared to a wolf, his blessing has two time frames, morning and evening. It has two actions, devouring and dividing, and two outcomes. There's prey and spoil. And, and uh, this particular source said this sets up a type of a, a before and after experience for Benjamin and his offsprings. Kind of reminds me of like Saul becoming Paul, you know, that before and after kind of thing. And, um, and one, one last item here. Uh, so in Jewish culture, the day begins at evening. We've mentioned that before. Here begins the after for Benjamin. Benjamin's prophecy ends in the evening, the beginning of a new day, in which he will divide the spoil, which has two aspects. First, through the Apostle Paul, who testifies this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And then also, like I've mentioned before in Revelation, it also mentions it here again in 21, 12, and 13, that each gate of each tribe is, you know, each gate is named after the, the sons or the 12 tribes, and Benjamin is included in 21, 12, and 13. So again, from the beginning to the end, we're, we're represented in this, and, and part of Benjamin is a part of us as the body of Christ. And so what I'm, what I'm hoping for is that we will be able to go into this season that for a lot of us is not the most happy of times, you know, uh, kind of like that book. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. But that we can maybe um, level up, maybe one, one level at least, and... and uh, with the Lord, that we will be able to, that even in our darkness, whether it's literal or figurative, that we will be able to be uh, rested and renewed, and that we can just look at this as a thing uh, that's going to pass. There's going to be a new month, and we will make it through, and 
and that we'll be able to uh, be that testimony, be that witness, be that person, uh, even to ourselves. You know, maybe maybe we might not be around a lot of people. Who knows? Um, but even if we are or we're not, that we can be that witnesses. That that um, that we can just be assured in our hearts that we are strengthened by Him in the power of His mind. So I'm wondering, do you have any comments or anything that was like stirring in you uh, during this time that you'd like to share? Just have faith in God, you know, like we're going through tough times. Um, I feel like, you know, it's, the economy's kind of rough right now and people are restless and they're like kind of, uh, yeah, um, fighting for um, to, to, to survive a little bit as far as financial burdens and stuff. And so, um, yeah, we just kind of put our faith in God that, you know, it's this, uh, everything we have is His, you know. It's just ours to use and for Him to show us um, or for us to show him what we're going to do with what he has provided for us on this, on this um, beautiful um, world that he's created. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Thanks, yeah. Tom, for sharing. Anybody else? Anyone else? You know, I mean, Benjamin in the natural was the smallest. He was the youngest. He was the least of the tribes. But it's the tribe Paul came from. Yeah. And you mentioned spoils, and it's weird because we think of spoils going bad. It really means the treasures, the, yes. the loot you grab. Yeah. And Paul talks about how we are actually the treasure of Christ, and he was probably more than any other apostle, the one that brought the most loot. So That's so, for sure true. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, and you said, too, that Mordecai came from the tribe of Benjamin, and Tom and I just read the whole book of Esther recently, and think about if there was no Benjamin and no tribe, there would have been no Mordecai, there would be no Jewish people. Yeah. Yeah. And as you guys were sharing, that also reminds us, the scriptures say, to, to not despise the day of small beginnings. So being small or little isn't, isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, we all have our part, we all have our place, and... Uh, you know, if you have a, a, a beautiful outfit, I think of, like, uh, Carlin. She's so good at, at being a seamstress as well. But, you know, sometimes there's just this one little thing. There might be one little jewel. There might be one uh, perfectly placed button that has just has all the lusciousness, all the bling or, or whatever on it, and it just sets the whole thing off. And that that is, again... Little or small doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be a very good thing. It can be a wonderful thing. It can be a thing that makes the person smile or enriches them. And so I want to. I hope that you are walking away from here encouraged and strengthened. Anybody else? Was Benjamin the one that when he was born, he was his mom first named him? Son of my sorrow. And yes. Isaac. Yes. He, he was. Right. She said, um, I'm going to call him son of my sorrows because, of course, she was sorrowful. And then, uh, 
the father came in. Again, that protection came really fast and said, no, he will be son of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. I forgot to mention that. Thank you, Robin. That's really good. Yeah, so he got, uh, she got overruled on that one, which was, turns out it was a good thing. Anyone else? All right. Well, Jerry had to go back to work. He blessed us to do uh, praise and worship, and then he had to exit stage left. So um, enjoy uh, some yummy, yummy cookies that Robin provided, and there's coffee and hot water, and it's all good. Have a great day. Lord, we just thank you for uh, your word. We thank you that your word is uh, everlasting to everlasting. Lord, let your word be planted deep in our hearts and bring good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.